Yo, and we back on another episode of the Hoop is Everywhere podcast. I'm your host, Neil. Uh, we about to go over game three of that NBA Finals. Uh, so today, uh, we about to get started with that. Uh, so yeah, we about to get into that. Um, we first want to just go over <clears throat> a few things. What a fucking game. Uh, it was a great game to see uh, Clay Thompson uh, come out and play well. He had a wonderful game. He came out and shot the ball well, you know. He'd been struggling for the first two games, so it was great to see him come out and play well for the Warriors because they definitely needed that tonight because uh, other than them two, uh, Steph Curry and uh, Klay Thompson, it was pretty much nobody else tagging along for the Warriors. It was a long one for them uh, today. Uh, they couldn't – it was a lot of things they couldn't figure out on that defensive end um, trying to uh, stop the, uh, the two-headed monster of Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. It was just so much going on with them. You know, trying to target uh, Steph Curry, them just pretty much imposing their dominance. Uh, they starting to uh, understand that they need to be more decisive on the offensive end. They're not allowing the Warriors um, to set up their offense uh, during a transition. So they getting out, making sure that the Warriors uh, can't get in their half-court uh, defense because they are also a great uh, defensive team as well. So it was just great seeing, you know, Steph Curry – uh, Clay Thompson, Jalen Brown, and uh, Jason Tatum, you know, pretty much the, the four best players in these series, uh, step up, you know, all come out and have good games. Uh, definitely, definitely in that first quarter for the Celtics, uh, Jalen Brown, he came out and he was just showing why, why he's, why him and Jason Tatum, like I was saying earlier, shouldn't have been broken up earlier in the season. It was too many talks, too many, too many rumors going out that, you know, that they wasn't going to work, that they needed to just go ahead and get a, a head start on trying to figure out uh, who uh, who won Jalen Brown. And so I never I never understood those conversations. I never understood I never understood those rumors because these these guys are young. Uh, Jalen Brown's twenty five. Jason Tatum is uh, twenty four. So these guys still got room to grow, as you can tell. They still learning uh, today, but they was uh, they they took another step uh, today. Jalen Brown was super decisive in, in the moves he wanted to make, super decisive in him wanting to go to the basket, be aggressive, taking advantage of, of Draymond Green. Because I love Draymond Green. He's a great, he's probably the best defensive player definitely in the league right now. But Jalen Brown, he, he's too athletic for him. He's too athletic. Jalen Brown is too athletic for a Jam, a Draymond Green. Definitely off the dribble. Of course, Draymond Green can keep up when I'm on a few possessions. He's not just going to get blown by, but J Jalen Brown is too explosive. Uh, he's damn near the same height or taller than Dr Draymond Green, so uh, that was that was just going to be um, something that the uh, Celtics, you know, uh, figured out eventually. So I'm glad that they did. Uh, Jason Tatum started to show a more aggressiveness. He started to be more aggressive going to the basket. He stopped flailing when he gets to the basket. He he started to do those things. And I think that was in game two, trying to look for the calls, trying to get the refs on his side. But today he started to just, you know, get to the basket, not worry about the whistle. Um, just get to the basket, be aggressive, and finish strong. And then today he was doing that uh, for sure. And in the first quarter, the whole team was doing that. Uh, the whole team was aggressive. The whole team was decisive. The whole team uh, felt like they knew what they wanted to execute. They came out and was ready to execute the game plan that they came into game three with. Uh, they clearly uh, made it an effort uh, to get to the basket early in that game, make sure they 
are going to be the the dominant team when it comes to the paint uh, points in the paint. And uh, so that was just huge. Um, JB started off, you know, the quarter off, started the game off with 17 points in the quarter. Uh, he he, it was just that was pretty much the telltale sign that it was going to be a long game for the uh, the the you know the Warriors defense. They uh they actually went to a zone around the ninth nine fifteen mark earlier in that first quarter to try to slow down the Celtics. Um, that, I think that was a great move because at that time the Celtics offense was just free flowing. It was moving well. They was getting out transition off the off bad uh, off bad uh, shots. Not even bad shots. Just long three balls, um, uh, rush shots. So they were just getting out and transitioning on the Warriors. So going to that zone early for the Warriors actually, you know, stopped the bleeding because it kind of it could have got worse. Um, so that was actually a big deal. And then uh, you know, bringing in GP uh, around that 7:05 mark in that first quarter, um, I thought he was going to make a more of an impact than he did today in the game. He only had what I think maybe 15 minutes. I think I seen he had 15 minutes total uh, for the game today. So. You know, it was kind of crazy seeing him not have too much of an impact today. But that was kind of, I mean, I kind of predicted that. And he had a first great game back. Um, and that was going to be, you know, probably the best game he had coming back. Because he, the Celtics were definitely going game plan for him this game. So, and that was clear. They switched up the defense on him. Uh, they are uh, playing off him when he's on the court, making sure... He's just he's just a non-threat when he's on the court, definitely on the offensive end. So that's just tough for the Warriors because when you go to those lineups, when you have him and Draymond and Looney on the floor, that's that's tough. That's three non-shooters on the floor. And then when you have GP and Draymond on the floor, that's two non-shooters. So the spacing just it just gets uh just it gets uh very compacted and it's just tough because now the Celtics are helping off two people. And they able to, you know, bring people off the, uh, off, off them and to, and to help, uh, and to off, help off the pick and roll. Just a bunch of things that the Celtics can do with the, uh, with the Warriors not, you know, having that floor spacing that they usually have in the, um, on the team. And I quickly just want to get into, um, how physical the Warriors, I mean, how physical the Celtics were on, uh, on Stephen Curry off the ball. It was a total difference. Uh, they they knew the refs wasn't gonna come out and you know had the whistle control the game. They wasn't gonna be a part of the game, so they clearly made it a point to be ultra physical with Steph Curry off the ball. Definitely coming off those uh, ball screens, those rub screens that he they love coming off of. And then you know they had a they had only like a couple uh, miss uh, miss up miss laps in that uh, defense. Uh, early in that first quarter, you know, of course, that led to a, a Stephen Curry three. Um, and you can tell that when you know, when they when you lose sense of detail against Stephen Curry, it it's it's crushing. He's gonna he's gonna he's gonna make you pay. So that was just the only a couple things that they did, you know, bad in that first quarter. But other than that, that first quarter was dominated by the Celtics. But I quickly want to add before we get into the second quarter that I am surprised that Eme started. Um, that he started the same five that he, you know, that the, from the last two games, definitely after game two, that they seen that it was kind of tough playing those Rob, those two big, those two big uh, liners with Rob and Al. So I was actually surprised he started that lineup. I thought he was going to uh, 
take out either uh, Al or Rob and then bring in uh, Grant. So that was just surprising. But uh, going into the second quarter, Jalen Brown has scored or assisted on 23 of the Celtics' 33 points. Uh, so he was just being ultra aggressive. Um, and that that was just – and speaking of being ultra aggressive, that was led to Stephen Curry coming into the second quarter with – two fouls and that was huge him getting two fouls in the first quarter and then Steve Kerr not sitting him because he knows that he can't sit him that early um definitely with the run that the Celtics was going on or it was going it was going to get out of hand early they don't have too much off the bench when it comes to creation definitely with Jordan struggling um how he is uh not not particularly shooting well and then just being such a target on the defensive end he's just He's O-laying them to the basket, pretty much. Um, he's just getting straight blown by. Uh, he's not, he's not even like forcing them one way. Uh, so they that's why they you seen them going to the zone. They had to start protecting a, a few a few of those guys on the defensive end because you know Celtics were starting to target those guys and started to you know figure out things that was going to work uh, in the long run. And in that second quarter, you start to see the Warriors actually calm down, start to get to a few of things, few of the things that they want to, you know, get into on the offensive end in terms of getting Clay open shots. You've seen Clay, he start off the quarter with three straight buckets. That was huge because you was able to cut into that lead. You was able to put some pressure on the Celtics. They started to, you know, get a little tight in the cheeks. Uh, and then, you know, there was a quick uh, quick runs off bad turnovers and shots from Boston. So, you know, when the Boston started to get a little complacent in that, uh, in that uh, second quarter, in terms of with the shot selection and uh, with just a few, uh, you know, bad turnovers that they had. And that led to a 8-0 run in the middle of that second quarter that gave Warriors even more life. Um, and it was, the 8-0 run was in like 36 seconds. So that was huge. Uh, but it was just like a few things in the middle of that second quarter, like, you know, a few stats that was just telling the uh, the whole game for the Warriors. Golden State um, at like uh, at the 5-30 mark in the second. They had eight rebounds. Boston had 21 rebounds. Golden State had 10 points in the paint. Boston had 24 points in the paint. Golden State had three second chance points. Boston had 13 second chance points. So that right there in the middle of the second was, I think, you know, three key factors, three three stats right there that was pretty much telling uh, what what's happening in that game so far because Boston was imposing their dominance into the paint. Like I've been saying, they needed to do the whole series. They are the bigger team. So when the Warriors are forcing them to take jump shots and mid-range jump shots, that is what the Warriors want. Yes, you can make those jump shots. Yes, you can get to the shots that you that you want in terms of Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown creating and getting any shot they want. But they're clearly getting better at, you know, being unselfish and just, you know, picking their spots more wisely. Um, getting to their spots, you know, that they're more comfortable with getting, and just, you know, being comfortable rising up over the smaller defenders over the Warriors. And they, they were just making wonderful playmaking plays um, in that second quarter, getting the others involved. So, you know, that's one of the things, you know, they were showing growth in, in that second quarter. But uh, for the Warriors, I want to quickly touch on Poole. Uh, multiple times in that second quarter, and he was, he was just, uh, he got to the paint and then, he seemed like he just didn't know what he wanted to do. He seemed like he he was a little passive, a little timid. It seemed like he could have got a few uh shots at the uh, at the basket, but he turned those down. 
Um, he's going to be huge for the Warriors. He's hasn't pretty much been nothing for them. He's he, he has to, you know, give them something because in that second quarter, you seen Andrew. Andrew uh, started to produce. Uh, I believe he had nine points in that quarter. Um, half of what he had for the game, so he he clearly stepped up in that quarter with uh, with Clay Thompson having ten in that quarter. Um, that was what was keeping him afloat um, during that second quarter for sure. But there's one play I want to touch on before we get into the uh, the second half. Uh, it was that play at the five thirty one mark. Uh, Jason Tatum was I think came back in the mid transition. I think they just got a steal or something. Uh, he spent off a uh, he spent off a I think it was Otto Porter. And then Rob Williams was in that dunker spot, and then his man came up, helped, and he threw it off the. I think he threw it off the backboard. He threw up to. Uh, he threw up to uh, to Rob, and I thought he was gonna finish that shit. And to be honest, I, that shit was about to had a building rocking and just you know have you know the momentum just swing even 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 more going to the uh, Celtic side. And the Warriors should feel great going into the half, only being down twelve performing how they performed in that first quarter so with them being down 12 I feel like they had definitely room to to definitely pounce in that third quarter which they did uh, so we about to take a quick little break and then we about to get into the second half Yo, we back from a quick little break. Uh, we about to get into the the second half. Uh, that third quarter. What more can I fucking say? God damn, Stephen Curry. That nigga got he 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 got to be the boogeyman or something. He's probably one of the scariest players watching. If you just just it's crazy. This man can turn it on at any moment. Uh, he he know when to put the the foot on a gas pedal. It seemed like he just has this sense of. When he knows his team needs him to come with this this explosion in a certain quarter or in a certain stretch, uh, he he was just crazy in that third quarter. Uh, he was capitalizing off of a few mistakes that the Celtics started to make in the uh, in the third quarter, which is crazy how you come out the third quarter making mistakes that you weren't making in the first half. But he was just capitalizing off you know bad pick and roll defense pr- pretty much. Uh, they were dropping too much, dropping way too far when he was coming off the pick and rolls. They showed that on a uh, on a, on a, a telecast. Uh, Mark Jackson was talking about that. So so was Jeff Van Gundy. Um, they was he they were dropping too far. They showed that Rob Williams was below the three line a few times. Uh, they showed that same thing for Al. So it was just capitalizing on a few defensive mislaps from the Celtics, um, and that led to a like a nine zero run in the middle of the third, which flipped the game. You start to see the Celtics' cheeks get tight. Uh, I don't think, you know, they started to have a little reminiscent memories of that last third quarter. Uh, And and they know that this team is a third-quarter team. So I still kind of bamboozled on on why they just aren't prepared for the Warriors to come out with a different uh, energy that they didn't have in the first half. So that was just one thing that... That was surprising to me from the Celtics side is that they just couldn't match the energy of the Warriors in that third quarter. And this is when I knew we was really finna have a, a nice Klay Thompson game. He In that third quarter, he had 10 points. He was uh, 2 for 4 from the 3 line. He got to the free throw a couple times. So he was just ultra aggressive. 
uh and then so that and i just trickled down uh into the to the whole team they came out with a different sense of urgency in that quarter and uh and the, and the celtics didn't um and that in that third quarter i felt like jason tatum could have finished a little bit better that's one thing that i kind of the kind of don't like about jason tatum sometime he when he gets to the basket uh, he can get a little, uh, I don't want to call him soft, but he can get a little soft when he gets to the basket. He got to finish a little stronger. Uh, you're, you're 6'10". Uh, you can you start dunking the ball a little bit more as well. I want to see him uh, dunk the ball a little bit more. Uh, so, yeah, that's just, that, that third quarter was just pretty much, you know, a classic Warriors third quarter avalanche that the Celtics knew was coming, uh, should have been prepared for, for coming. Um, and, and it just, you know. Chalk it, chalk that one up, and they survived that quarter. Uh, fortunately, and then you know they was able to build uh upon you know what they you know in, upon that and into the fourth quarter. But in that third quarter, they got lucky that Steve Kerr really took um um he took Curry out. I think at the end of that third quarter, uh, and you know to give him a little bit of break. I think he caught his fourth, if I'm not mistaken, at the end of that third. So I don't know if I'm, if I'm Steve Kerr, I'm letting I'm letting Curry. Uh, I'm letting Curry stay in the game. I'm letting him stay in the game. He was changing the momentum, uh, and then it, it was just—it was clear that the Celtics couldn't figure out anything. Even with even with Eme trying to yell at the ass from the sideline, I thought he was gonna have a heart attack over there on how bad they was playing that pick and roll defense. Um, but yeah, we even with uh with even with that, I I, I would have had Steve. I would have had uh, Stephen Curry. Uh, stay on that floor. Um, he was too hot uh, in that third quarter for for me to take him. Uh, for me to take him off, and then and then I believe going to that fourth quarter, he had um, Clay Thompson sit. So that was I don't know that that I feel like that those minutes like at the end of the third quarter going in and then the early fourth quarter, those were huge because it was either just Steph on the floor or either Clay on the floor. And when that explosion was happening, they both was on the floor. So I feel like they needed to build off that momentum going into the fourth for the Warriors. And that kind of slowed down with uh, both of them being off the floor. That able that was allowing the Celtics to focus on just one of them instead of having uh, the other one run around. And everybody on the Celtics uh, defensive end is just, you know, running around with their heads cut off like chickens. So that fourth quarter... Uh, was definitely uh you know just started off a little weird with Steve Curry with those rotations and then with the fourth quarter um I, I it's, it's kind of just a few things that to just can tell you the story of the fourth quarter for the Warriors or just for the game in general um in the fourth quarter the Warriors had six turnovers and they were one for eight from the three line uh ain't too much to really to say upon the fourth quarter for the Warriors with that one uh it was just a sloppy fourth quarter. I feel like uh, they allowed the Celtics to get back to what they was running in that first quarter, and they got comfortable again. They was able to get to the basket. They started being more aggressive. They was they got they settled down after that third quarter avalanche from the Warriors. Um, the nerves was calm, so they was able to survive it, and not like they did game two. Um, so that was just a one thing right there, and the, yeah, those two things right there, the the turnovers. And the one for eight from the three line, you're definitely not going to be uh, beating anybody uh, if you having six turnovers in one quarter. But to give the Celtics credit, um, they came out in the fourth quarter early, uh, had a nice run between uh, the 10-30 mark and the nine and the nine minute mark that you know 
that created uh, some space from the Warriors uh, and then let them uh, get it, let them feel comfortable because the Warriors was knocking on that door, um, had the Celtics cheeks tight, um, palms sweaty. You can definitely tell on the um, offensive end that they were moving a little bit different when the Warriors went on that run. But, you know, they started to figure out a few things at the end of that quarter, definitely with Jason. Um, he started to finish over people. Um, he started to realize he is 6'10", like I was saying earlier. Uh, he just uh, he went to an attack mode that he, uh, he, he really wasn't in uh, earlier too much in that, uh, in that first quarter. Uh, so that was huge. Rob Williams at that point had four blocks, three steals. I want to talk about Rob real, real quick. Uh, he had the highest plus minus for the team. I think it was, what, plus 15. Uh, he had a huge impact on the game today. He probably might have been, I wouldn't say their most, their best player, but probably their most important player today. Uh, definitely how he just deterred uh, people from the rim with the rim defense he had, the blocks he had. Uh, the offensive rebounds he was having uh, throughout that game was huge. The hustle plays, mind you, the man is hurt. He damn near playing on one knee. Uh, so that was I just want to big uh, big up uh, Rob Williams for sure right there. But it was just a great overall fourth quarter for the whole team, for the Celtics. Um, everybody seemed like they were just running around, making the right defensive rotations, getting out to the right shooters. Making sure that uh, they was running uh, Steph Curry and Klay Thompson off the three line, so it was just a great overall fourth quarter from the Celtics, um, and you know they closed the game out well. And then uh, any time that the Celtics can have you know 15 or less turnovers in the game, that is a great thing for the for them. They I, I think they're 14 and two now uh, when they have 15 or less 15 or less turnovers. So and today they had 12 turnovers and. And then uh, the offensive rating today uh, was uh, 125. And uh, you ain't being no team uh, if the offensive rating is 125. I believe that's probably, uh, I don't know if that's the highest or like that's for sure that top three offensive rating for sure this year. So uh, that's just, you know, that's it was a great way for the Celtics to close out the game. Um, there's definitely things that, that they did today are that I see carrying into game four, um, like them just using their size against the Warriors, uh, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown being more decisive uh, and just, you know, in their moves and them getting to the basket. Uh, so just a few things that I feel like that are definitely translating to game four and that the Celtics can feel confident going into uh, with for sure. And then uh, for the Warriors, uh, it's a it's a lot of things that they got to figure out, and I don't know um, how, because a few of those things you can't even fix, I feel like, at the moment. I feel like the few of those things that they need to fix are, like, roster roster uh, movement. Like, they're just too small. Um, Draymond Green sometimes is your biggest player on the floor when um, the biggest player on – the smallest player on the floor sometimes for uh, the Celtics is either Derek White uh, who's 6'3", Marcus Smart, who's 6'3", and barely Payton because he plays about, you know, 15 minutes. So uh, the Warriors, uh, I don't know how they're going to adjust, um, maybe play Kavon, Kavon Looney a little bit more because uh, they going to have to figure out how to deal with the size 
of Rob Williams and Al Horford. Um, and then they have to be able to get Jordan Poole um, some type of uh, rhythm. He has no rhythm right now. He's playing. He's pretty much a, a zero, uh, a nothing. He's giving them nothing on the defensive end, and then on the offensive end, other than that game too, um, he's gave he's, he's giving them nothing as well. So they are gonna have to figure out what to do with his minutes. Uh, the GP minutes were weird today. He had 15. He really didn't make too much of an impact on the defensive end when he was in the games, and when he was on offense. He was a zero, a liability. So this is uh, it's going to be a long few days for Steve Kerr trying to figure out what uh, adjustments he needs to make going into uh, game four. Um, you know that you got Stephen Curry, so you got that. You can staple that in. Um, are you going to get another Klay Thompson game? Um, he has been inconsistent. He'll have one of these uh, pretty good games showing that he's coming back to the old Klay Thompson and then he'll he'll fall off again. So uh, this had to be a game. I think you had to win with him playing good. Uh, you had Andrew had eighteen, and so going into game four, I don't know if you're gonna get a, a what Clay had twenty four points. I don't know if you're gonna get twenty four points from Clay Thompson again. Um, so for the Warriors, it's gonna be a it's gonna be a tough a tough game four. Um, I'm looking ahead. I'm looking ahead for it for sure. Uh, I got, I, I ain't gonna lie to you, I, even though I have the Celtics in six, with game three, uh, I think, I really do think Celtics might have, uh, game four in the bag, I don't see the Warriors, I don't see how the Warriors can adjust for what the Celtics have, or, and when the Celtics are locked in and focused and focused on detail, and they're not turning the ball over, they're, they're just a better team, so I don't know what the Warriors can do. So I have the Celtics uh, in Game 4 as well. They will be going back to San Francisco uh, 3-1, Celtics up 3-1. That's what I uh, predict. So, um, yeah, I uh, appreciate you guys uh, for coming in and uh, listening to another episode of the Hoop is Everywhere podcast. Man, the Warrior fans going to hate me. I live in the Bay Area. Uh, but, uh, yeah, appreciate you guys for coming in. Uh, thank you for listening. Uh, and then you hope you guys have a good one. And uh, tap in with the next episode after Game 4. Mm-hmm.